Quantum Kickflip is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network. Locally grown, community supported. Previously on Quantum Kickflip. Chester's not in our crew. You want weird gravity? You're looking at him. Well, that does complicate things. Does it? Let's do the run. Jet Collective, they were talking to Chester and they have some sort of plan uh, about coming in messing up Matt's static because they heard that Miper was sponsoring us to be here. Man, Elliot, you really pissed them off. Wait, though, are they here for us or are they here for Miper? Do they know that we're Miper? Well, I guess that's the biggest thing is whether we are or not. Sometimes you just need a strong leader to make those tough decisions for what's best for the crew. That sounds like uh, canny advice. On one of the screens, bursting into the uh, club, you see the form of your friend Chester. Why are there two of you? Oh, well, it, the thing where I can do the two of us, so I, one does a thing. Were you, like, trying to party twice as much? Are you guys drunk? <laughs> yes, Mom. Suddenly, you hear a loud clang as the vent on the wall bursts open, and out of the air ducts, stark white and covered in viscous blue slime, comes a writhing mass of chillipedes. <laughs> And welcome to Quantum Kickflip, a Slug Blaster actual play podcast. My name is Robin. I am your host and your Slug Master, and with me are five of my best and funniest friends in the whole wide world. Uh, and they're going to introduce themselves to you right now uh, in the order of. Uh, in the game, we have the social media site My Page, uh, where everyone has their own like their their My Page, where they can post like streams and photos. I want to know who has the best My Page, uh, best to worst. Go. Oh, I, I I went first last time we recorded last episode, uh, but I think I, I think it's got to be Lake again because she's yeah, hashtag, yeah, hashtag sure. glitch girl. Like she's a meme. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'm playing uh, Lake Marsden. My name is Liam. Uh, Lake, of course, wields the reality cannon. Uh, I'm a podcaster. Uh, she's got a glitched out right half that has made her hashtag meme famous. Uh, and <laughs> I'm uh, wearing my own merch. Uh. <laughs> Uh, hello, my name is Lena, and I play Angus Franklin. He's the Guts playbook with the Skip Mode Runners, and I don't know if he has, like, the most, uh, cordial social media presence, per se, but that's, that's all part of it, baby. Uh, also, he tends to, like, stream a lot. Uh, he went viral, actually, on his own page, Nick, uh, after doing <laughs> the, the Scramcat crash course. Uh, so I think he's, like... Got a pretty solid my page going. I'm Michael Vetch, and I play Nick Lowe, and I think he might have uh, a pretty, pretty interesting my page. Albeit probably a bit niche. Uh, <laughs> I think I think he streams a lot of stuff while he's just uh, tinkering around with tools and stuff in his room, and sometimes those things uh, blow up particularly big because he's he's doing interesting stuff with the tech. Uh, and Nick is the smarts playbook. Uh, one of the things he often works on is his negatana. My name is Glenna Showalter. I play Elliot Buchanan. She is the chill playbook, and she is an aspiring singer-songwriter. So I think she streams uh, herself and her guitar often, or at least did before she got a band. Um, but I think that she's also, like, doesn't do... She doesn't hustle in the same way you're supposed to when you're trying to be an influencer. I think she just posts stuff and just leaves it, and that's it. My name is David Ray, and I play Chester Capone. He's the Grit Playbook. Uh, he has powered armor, 
and he's a tough son of a gun, uh, <laughs> and he's in a lot of trouble right now. And of course, I think his my page is minimal. Like I think it's probably the same profile picture he's had for the last uh, three years. It's the same one. He just likes it. Um, and <laughs> he doesn't always update. Or if it is, it's just like, had a good day. Going to watch the Flyers game. Go Flyers. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just, like, there's nothing. Like, it's it's barely. The only thing up to date that he's commenting on is, like, you know, go his favorite hockey team. Those, those um, are the only original <laughs> posts, and otherwise your page is identical to Weird Gravities because you just keep sharing Weird Gravities without context or yeah, commenting. That's, oh. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Boy, that's a yeah. uh, that I feel attacked by that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and as I said, I am Robin. I am your host, and uh, I don't have the best. Facebook or Twitter or Instagram game, but my Nexopia account is on point. So when we last left you guys, uh, you were uh, all up to all kinds of no good. You you uh, were on your trial run from Miper, got into the most exclusive club in the multiverse, uh, Matt Static, got into all kinds of trouble. You were you were playing games of slug and confronting old arch rivals and giving robots existential crises. Meanwhile, Chester was rushing there trying to warn you all uh, of a plot by Jet Collective to ruin your good time. Uh, I think I'm ready to get right back into it and see how this plays mm-hmm. out. Is everybody ready to play some Slug Blaster? Let's yeah. do it! Oh, yeah. Then I transport you one more time back to Operablum into Matt's static. to set the scene once again. Four of you, nope, five of you are in the computer <laughs> control room. Four and a half of you, there's, there's five bodies in there as Nick is still split into righty and lefty. Technically there's a sixth unconscious body there as well. That's true, very true. <laughs> and there, uh, yeah, you guys had found some, some there were security feeds, there was uh, a computer controlling the billboard outside and uh, just a lot of video displays and monitors and stuff. Uh, on one of which uh, you saw Chester re-entering the club he had hiked his way in around the side of the building um stabbed his way around and uh hopped onto the balcony but wouldn't you know it just as he arrived um jet collective unleashed their plan uh and and at that point the room was suddenly under siege by a swarm of chillipedes so as you watch the monitors and you see this writhing mass it sort of like bursts out of the vent and then separates into the separate uh, creepy crawlies as that uh, skitter off across the floor. And you can see there's like they're leaving an icy sheen on the on the ground behind them. Um, we already said that you can you can see your breath in the room. They brought the temperature of the room down. One of them skitters towards the pool, and as it makes its way in, the the water of the pool begins to freeze outward from the one edge. You see another one sort of hiss and uh, and blow some icy breath towards a group of people on the dance floor. Yeah, what do you do? Angus grins and walks out of the control room, making his way towards the pool. Yeah, I also had, uh, Lake also had pool aspirations. Alright, Angus and Lake headed towards the pool. What about the, the rest of y'all? Uh, is there any sort of intercom system or anything within the within the security room? Ooh, I bet there is, but I might get a roll for that to uh, to see... 
if you're able to find and operate it. Uh, I like that. Just a flat D6 on this or like? Yeah. Um, I mean, you can argue how your smarts are coming into play or, or how one of your abilities is relevant. Otherwise, it might just be a flat D6. I pitch a smarts. I think that is, the, <laughs> but both in that Nick might have an idea what he's looking for, and that there are two of him. Yes. <laughs> so I'll go two d six on on finding it here. Ugh, didn't help. It's a three. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, I I think you just you can't locate um what you're looking for here. Like if there there may very well be an intercom system. I think we already did mention that the guard had a radio. So like mm-hmm. I think that is. I'll, I'll give you that for nothing, that there is a radio there if you wanted to communicate with, like, the staff. But if you're looking to get your voice out to the rest of the club, you can't see anything in here that allows you to do that. I don't want this to be a super high-stakes role uh, because you were just looking around for a thing and didn't find it. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I think that's uh, that's about all you get with a three. Mm, fair. What about uh, Elliot? And then we should also jump over and, and see what Chester's up to. Elliot's going to try and pull a flamethrower out of her backpack. <laughs> They're playing uh, all the, the old classics. Um, I'm going to get some rolls here in a moment, but before we do, let's quickly jump over to Chester. Uh, Chester, you're, uh, you had just made your way in from the balcony, so I think you're kind of across the dance floor from everyone else. What, what's Chester doing in this moment? Uh, so I can see that the the chillipedes are coming in through the vents. Uh, is it yeah. from like one vent? Is it multiple vents? Uh, I think it was just the one vent, but they've since scattered and dispersed around the club. Okay, so I think Chester is going to head towards that vent in case more are coming, especially if, especially if they, they continue to come out. And uh, as he's going, he's trying to uh, peg some of these chillipedes with softballs as he goes. Uh, <laughs> you know, ripping them off his armor and like hucking them and... Um, but angling, uh, for the vent where they came through. Yeah. I'm picturing these things as like the size of a small dog or a big cat somewhere in that range kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, like they're big, big creepy crawlies. So yeah, I think softballs are, uh, are a suitable weapon. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, he's going with his, you know, his powered midsoles that, and he's skating as he goes. So, uh, It's fun that uh, it's it's an ice based creature because I don't think it will that aspect will have much of an impact on him in terms of you know tricky terrain because he's used to skating on ice now. But yeah, Chester can handle himself on a pair of skates for sure. Yeah, I love this. Let's uh, let's get a couple of uh, let's get a roll from Chester first, and then we'll kind of go around and, and resolve all these offers. Okay, so I think unfortunately. I'm all out of resources. I don't have anything left aside from I can maybe sacrifice my body one more time. And that's about <laughs> it. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I am just rolling a singular die. You do have the ability, I'll, I'll remind you in case, you do have the ability to take a dare, uh, which could net you some extra, extra dice, but there's a price. Is, uh, what does, uh, what do I have to do to... Do a dare? Do I, I take trouble? Just, yeah, just one trouble. And that can get you 1d6 or one kick. Your choice. I think I'm going to go uh, with one kick. So I'm trying to take out as many of these chillipedes as possible. I like look over to somebody who's nearby. These creatures are really 
Uh, wrecking things and are out of control. You know what I have to say to these chillipedes? Calm down. And then I... <laughs> Uh, and I, I start skating, and uh, I... No word of a lie, I had just typed in the progress track, cool it, to take out these bugs when you were when you were setting that up. And I was like, oh, he's going to say it. He's going to say exactly what I... Nope, never mind. <laughs> Chester. <laughs> well, well, let's get that roll. I rolled a five. There we go. Mixed success. Um... Yeah, I think in quick succession, just one, two, you huck these softballs, um, and they they burst into gloopy sort of translucent goo. You know when you, uh, you get a particularly uh, juicy bug on the windshield on a road trip, and just like that Ooh. big splatter? That's the, like that, but scaled up to uh, small dog, large cat sized. <laughs> it's gross, is what I'm trying to say, but oddly satisfying. <laughs> and you make your way over to the vent. Um, as you arrive there, you don't see any more forthcoming presently. Um, you can kind of post up there and, and plan your next move. Uh, but at least for the moment, it's not like a constant flood coming out. There was that initial uh, glob of them, and uh, and it doesn't seem like there are any more forthcoming. Okay. Yeah, and we've marked two spots on the progress track there. That was a mixed success, so I think mm -hmm. we're going to dole out a slam for this one. I think as you hit one of these with a softball a little bit of that uh, translucent goop pops and, and kind of splashes you uh, and gets you on one of your arms. Um, and where it contacts, your arm gets just really, really cold really, really fast. It freezes up on you. And it's le less like um, the the frost nip that you got last run and more like like literally like Mr. Freeze from Batman Frozen. Like your arm is, is uh, <laughs> dead weight. What do we call this slam? Freezer burnt. Freezer burnt is perfect. <laughs> yeah, and you're not sure if that's you know you're, you're gonna have to deal with that down the line, but at least for the moment you're uh, you're down one arm, um, which you know when your primary weapon is softballs might be a might be an issue. Yeah, if it, it's probably my uh, my softball throwing arm that makes sense. Brutal, but you're you've made it to your goal. You've taken out two of them, uh, and you you only got the one slam to show for it. Let's jump over to Elliot. You you have an exciting offer, and I can't wait to pay it off. Uh, let's get that roll. All right, I'm just rolling two d six about it. That's six. Effortlessly cool, as is Elliot's nature. Um, yeah, you you pull exactly what you're looking for. Like maybe even the same one. I we never ask what Elliot does with the things after she pulls them out of the backpack. Like you had a flamethrower in the waking pits. Did you yeah. keep that? Did you leave it there? Did you put it back into the multiverse? Like I think I put it back in the bag. I think that's where these things go. They go back <laughs> in the bag. Yeah, it goes yeah, back. Then. It goes back to the Home Depot that uh, she draws them from. <laughs> the interdimensional Home Depot that you get all your supplies from. Uh, you know, Home Including Depot famous for carrying yeah. flamethrowers. <laughs> um, yeah, but I think I think maybe it is the exact same like. It's for sure the same model, and you have that thought of like, is this the same one from the waking? Th no, it couldn't be. But regardless, you have it out. Uh, you you have retrieved what you set out to. What do you? Uh, you got a flamethrower. What do you want to do with it? <laughs> uh, she's. I want to remind everyone that Elliot is still drunk. <laughs> no, um, yeah. So Angus. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> um, which is why she thought a flamethrower would be a good idea inside a building. 
<laughs> I guess if there are bugs around, she will try and uh, fry some. Yeah, so you, uh, you've, you've retrieved this flamethrower, you burst out of the computer control room uh, and head out onto the dance floor. I think people are starting to kind of like scatter and, and huddle up and uh, like they're, they're not just straight fleeing because they also are having a hard time keeping track of where these things are. So it's a lot of like some people are climbing up onto the bar to get away from them and stuff. Uh, so you've got kind of an open dance floor and you see one go skittering past. Um, I want to get a roll for this as well. You, you're, you're, uh, you flawlessly retrieved the device, but I think drunkenly bullseyeing some fast-moving chillipedes with a flamethrower is going to be an impressive feat, so I want to get a roll for that. I'm going to add, uh, if I may add from my backpack, because mm-hmm. I pulled it out of my backpack, I would like to add a die and a kick. Perfect, yeah. That's, I was going to say, like, maybe this should give you some extra resource uh, being that you have a very powerful weapon, but I think that's just it. Is it, it because you pulled it from the backpack? You are channeling the backpack's power, and thus can uh, can use those resources as you see fit. So yes, absolutely. Yeah, and um, I'm gonna try and look cool. Yeah, how could you not? <laughs> like, yeah. That's a six. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yes, you you light this thing up. Um, it's got the like the little pilot flame going at the end. Do you say anything cool before you unleash hell? No, she's too drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Do you say um, something uncool then? <laughs> Just everyone needs to chill. No, warm up. Everyone, warm up. <laughs> um, yeah, I think because you are. Uh, as inebriated as you are, I, I don't think it's like a, you're not sniping them. I think you just get a jet of flame going and sort of lay down a blanket of it across the dance floor. And just just through the sheer volume of flames you produce, you manage to uh, crisp up a couple of them. And unlike Chester, who, you know, bludgeoned one, which resulted in a little bit of splashback, um, you're, you're crispy frying them. You suffer no negative consequences here. You uh, have successfully taken out two more spots on our progress track uh, of cool it. All, all that's left is the it. Um, <laughs> let's, uh, I want to bounce over to Lake and Angus because you guys were, were first at the door. Um, but I want to just give a little thing because uh, Nick, there are two of you in the control room. You were looking for an intercom system. You weren't mm-hmm. able to find it. I will give you that as you're looking at these security feeds, you, you have a little bit of a, a Chester receptive moment um, as you notice that uh, it's not just feeds from inside the club, there are also feeds from the uh, the hallway outside and some of the mm. sort of service areas. Um, and one of them catches your eye because you see the members of Jet Collective. Uh, they appear to be near a service elevator at the end of a long hallway. Um, but as you're watching there, you see them sort of like pounding on the button a couple of times, looking frustrated, and then starting to sort of look yeah. around for other options. Almost as though someone uh, emergency locked the elevator on the side of the building <laughs> and their escape route is inaccessible to them. So I, I will give you that. If uh, Do with that information as you see fit. But before you do, let's jump over to Lake and Angus. Uh, you guys were making your way over to the pool. As we said, one of the, one of the chillipedes has uh, crawled in uh, down the side of the pool and, and the icy effect has begun to ripple outwards and you see partygoers scrambling to uh, make their way to the other end. I think it even, like, it crawled in at the shallow end, so now they're having to swim out to the deep end to get away from this this wall of ice that's moving towards them. Uh, yeah. But what do you do? 
Is it on the water or underwater? I had pictured it going down into the water, but I think actually what makes more sense, if this thing is freezing the water on contact, yeah, it is It is skittering across the top of the surface, literally walking on water, much like Ramona Nova did earlier this evening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, perfect. Then Angus starts by just sort of walking casually. Mm-hmm. He has his hoverboard. Uh, he picks up the pace a little bit, puts his hoverboard down, hops on, starts hoverboarding, and he's going to sort of just like casually, smoothly hoverboard up to the shallow end, and while he does, he's pointing his negare and trying to snipe. How well will he do this drunk? Who's to say? (laughs) But I will roll two dice about it, and I am trying to look cool. A six? Beautiful. I'm sort of picturing the ice branching out from the chillipede, like the chillipede isn't leading the ice, it's emanating out from it. Yes. So he hoverboards casually, and then he like jumps uh, uh, onto the surface of the water in front of the chillipede, is hoverboarding on the ice, cuts it off, pew, pew, pew. And it explodes in that same uh, shower of, of viscous frozen goop uh, or, or hyper-cold goop, but Angus on his hoverboard is able to easily dodge out of the way. Um, and you watch as this, this rippling ice effect that was spreading out from it stops just short of a couple of people who are who are cowering up next to the edge of the pool, terrified and, and we're, we're trying to scramble their way out, but it, it stops just short of, uh, of securing them in place in the ice. They're probably not comfortable swimming in ice water, but it's, uh, but you've saved them from a frozen fate. And Angus throws them a peace sign and then like, uh, ollies up, uh, out of the pool. Beautiful. Lake, I know you were headed over to the pool as well. Angus dealt with that one main threat that was starting to freeze it up, but I think you do see a few more ghosts skittering past. We're near the end of the progress track. I don't think it's like a necessarily a one-to-one, each bug equals one letter kind of thing, uh, but there's a, a small cluster of them left, um, and you see them go skittering by uh, in your vicinity there. How does What's Lake's play here? Yeah, I think she... Um... I think she was looking over her shoulder at Elliot, um, coming out wielding this flamethrower uh, drunkenly, and so she's just like, "Oh wow, that Elliot's flamethrower! You know, she she's pretty intense. Elliot kind of scares me sometimes." Uh, she she sort of says half jokingly, half serious, uh, <laughs> turning back over to look at um, Angus, who is already long gone and is currently like blasting. Um, just shooting the hell out of this bug, and she's oh, oh, okay. I was gonna, it's gonna heat the pool up so that they couldn't, huh? <laughs> and she's kind of like thinks about also like it just sort of hits her. She was you know feeling pretty sexy, pretty cool, walking out of the control room with uh with her uh boo, with her with her squeeze. But then it's it sort of dawned on her that like Nick struck a, a security guard over the head with a blunt object. <laughs> And Lake is gonna honestly like take a second and like like Elliot's burning things inside behind her. Uh, Angus took the immediate violent solution uh, and not the pre- you know uh, more compassionate yeah. heat the water up one. And uh, Nick assaulted somebody. She she's like taking a, a minute um uh, to sort of think about what what Wendy said last time about like you know who's who's calling the shots and what's best for the team. We're here representing Miper. Um, and then I think at one point Angus hoverboards like kind of past you uh, and he sees this like sort of frown on your face 
and uh, he, like, uh, shoots you a finger gun and then, like, keeps hoverboarding. He has a huge grin on his face. He's having the time of his life, exploding slugs into goo. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think she's she's a little distraught by this whole situation, and those three that you mentioned, Robin, are, are yeah. like, closing up on her, and I think very lackadaisically, like, no joy in it. Um, she's not even going to make eye contact with them or, like, look in their direction. She's just going to pick up the reality cannon, fire it to her left, um, just the, the the blast, you know, the regular yeah. reality prism blast, uh, and and just obliterate these three uh, uh, slugs. Because I guess we're not, you know, we're, that's that's what we're doing. We're blasting slugs. We're we're shooting millipedes, <laughs> uh, and I'm gonna use my middle finger for that. Um, oh, beautiful! <laughs> but it's really just like, like she just it's just, would look cool if she was deliberately trying to not look at them. But it's much more of a like, yeah, 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 slugs. I've got a I've got a real hell of a team here. Hmm. Uh, Angus also sees you uh, blast three slugs with one blast, and he, like, goes, yeah, and does a little fist pump. Mm, yeah, you effortlessly take these things out, much like your whole crew has. There was not a <laughs> very few mixed successes in amongst that whole, uh, or, like, very few mixed successes. No failures. You guys rocked that. Um, with that, you, you kind of have a moment to look around, and, and you don't see any more of these things. At least for the time being, it looks like the threat has passed. Chester, you still haven't seen any more emerge from this uh, this vent. Uh, I think you you have a second to just sort of collect yourselves here uh, and take stock of the situation. With the receptive ability and yes. looking at this vent, like I, I think it makes sense to Chester that uh, that these chillipedes were because of uh, Jet Collective, and uh, Chester is uh, set on trying to stop them. So I'm hoping with my receptive ability that maybe Chester could kind of figure out where the vents kind of lead and like, oh, that would be where the source is. That's where they are or or would be close to. And I'm going to try to follow that to try to find uh, Jet Collective and try to stop them before they get away. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll do you one better. I think Nick might have some relevant info for you here. Mm-hmm. I'm going to throw it to Nick, and then I have an idea of how your receptive ability may still come into play. But um, yeah, Nick, what what is your next play after upon realizing where uh, who is here and where they are? Yeah, I think upon seeing it on screen, uh, the Nicks look at each other, and there's just a moment of, did you see that? Yeah. Know what we have to do? Uh-huh. And then they go running off in separate directions. <laughs> <laughs> One headed down... Uh, down to where uh, they just witnessed Jet Collective and the other going off to try and round up the crew. Yeah, I uh, I love that. We're going to follow the one who is uh, going to where the crew is. I think your your other copy there, I mean, you have an idea that they're at a service elevator. I don't think you know the exact layout of this this club and this floor and, and where that necessarily is in relation to anything else. Um, so we may end up ultimately needing a roll to see how well that goes, but I want to stick with the one who's rounding up the crew here. Uh, is it righty or lefty? This is vitally important. <laughs> so important. Lefty's been up in the club the whole time. I think lefty knows the way around a bit better, so righty is going down toward Jet Collective. Yeah, lefty comes running out into the club where uh, the, <laughs> the remaining members of your crew are there, uh, as well as your, your good friend Chester. Nice work, team. Uh, judging by the, the, the security feed, I didn't see any other chillipedes around. Great, we blasted all the slugs. Sweet. That was it? Well, it. I, I did also see Jet Collective kind of skulking around. Uh, I, I'm trying to find them now, but it was hard to figure out exactly where the service elevator was. 
yeah, that's what you said, or the which one of you? I can't remember which one we were talking to, but yeah, you you said that they were here to to mess with with Miper. Oh well, I didn't say that, but I do remember hearing it. Right, and that's or left. What? Chester, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think this is where that ability kicks in. With your receptive ability, mm-hmm. you realize that. Uh, if they're currently at the service elevator, they're probably finding out what you did to it and are going to need another escape route. Uh, and you are intimately familiar with how to move around this building if the service elevator is out of commission because you had to run several hundred flights of stairs about <laughs> yeah. it. Um, mm-hmm. So I think you know if they're not able to use the elevator exactly where they're going to end up. I'm not going to let Jet Collective ruin your special night. I'm going to stop them, and I'm going to uh, uh, skate towards the door as quickly as I can and head in that direction. Does the rest of the crew follow? Uh, Nick's right after him. I think Angus is going to follow, and he's going to, as he's going, he's like, whoa, 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 wait, wait, Chester, hold up. Um, Chester is feeling that his former teammates are angry and disappointed at him. And he's trying to make it up. And so to a certain degree, he's actually, uh, he would probably miss what Angus was saying. Uh, then I guess in that case, I don't know if Angus would go far. I, 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 Yeah, I don't think he would follow you all the way without Lake and Elliot. So he would like go a few paces, try to call you back. And then as Chester and Nick take off, Angus uh, looks over to, yeah, Lake and Elliot and goes, uh... Should we go? Are we going? I, yeah, I want to talk to Jet Collective. Y- yeah, I should prop. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's let's go then. Uh, I think as you uh, you run out, you you pass by a, a hallway, and uh, glancing down, you do see um, Elliot. You recognize Sam, the former singer of Elvira Ant Whistle, there with uh, Whitney Wick, both looking very intoxicated and a little confused, kind of looking around to try and figure out what's going on, uh, as well as uh, slightly disheveled. Um, <laughs> but there's no time for that now. You you breeze past and, and head out into the hallway. <laughs> Nick, I think we're going to need that role at this point to see if you're able to uh, find who who's going to find their way to Jet Collective first here, or if you're all going to regroup. I'm wondering if this is too similar to something I did last run mm-hmm. uh, to use Technobabble to try and figure out where I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a, if that's your if it's an ability you have, you you can feel free to use it as you see fit. Once per run, explain something extremely technical with fun jargon and get one style or plus two d six to a roll. And I think <laughs> uh, in this way, uh, as the Knicks split apart and started running, Righty, who was going off to find Jet Collective. He was just muttering to himself the whole time, going on about building codes and the type of architectural design that he's witnessed so far in these, these these tower setups. And based on that, he can figure out where some sort of service access would need to be for an elevator of that sort. Just on the look of it, he managed to, um, despite everything being inoperable, and he was able to key in on some figures that would suggest based on the size of it and the weight capacity of the elevator, it would need to be mm-hmm. in a certain area that had clearance for certain things, yada, yada, yada. And uh, he's he's just managed to sort of puzzle this out as he's running. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Let's let's see how well it goes for you. So we'll be I'll be rolling three d six then. That is a five. Um, were you intending to 
beat the rest of your crew? Like, w would, did you want to arrive first or did you want to sort of all regroup together at the same time? Uh, my thought was first. Then I think that's the nature of the mixed success here. Your, your um, techno babble, like the, the, the jargon you just rattled off is all 100% correct. You are able to sort of suss out exactly where it would need to be and what's going on. I think just in the short time between what you saw on the screen and arriving there, they, they have since given up and abandoned their elevator plan. Uh, so you arrive at the elevator uh, at one end of a hallway just in time to see them disappearing around another corner. And so I think while you are able to, to pursue, by the time you catch up to them, uh, it's as they are uh, sandwiched between you on one side and the rest of your crew on the other, uh, leaving Jet Collective nowhere to run. Hmm. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait. Hang on. All, all of you guys are... What is going on here? What, what are you guys all doing here? You were messing up the Miper event, right? Y yeah. Uh, I mean, that's what we do. That's our whole... What, were you guys trying to mess it up too? <laughs> Butcher looks confused and Savitri looks angry and is like, we don't have time for this, that we've we just raised a lot of pandemonium and, and I imagine it's not going to go unnoticed for long. We Explain yourselves already. We were the Miper event, ding-dongs. You guys were... And uh, Savitri just looks confused. Alexandra looks confused and Farnham whispers something in her ear and then she, she gasps um, as he translates to Operable for her. And meanwhile, Butcher just starts laughing. It's like, <laughs> of course, of course you were. That, absolutely. I should have I should have seen that coming. You guys are what? Their new, new golden boys? Their new crew? Yeah, and we squashed all over your little stunt. We, we squashed it. She's trying to come up with a cold pun, but she can only come up with bug puns. <laughs> and, like, takes a step forward. She, like, kind of, like, yeah. steps in front of the rest of the crew. Of course you would jump at that that offer. Of course. You, you, guys, you guys have been doing this, what, a week? And you think you, you know what's going on in the scene? This is... This is absolutely. I I shouldn't shouldn't have expected any less from you guys. Oh okay 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 okay. Listen listen. She still has the flamethrower. She is gesticulating wildly with it. <laughs> <laughs> you have been rightfully angry, but right now you're being unfair. What exactly is unfair about you know calling a sellout when I see one? First off, this is a trial run. Half of us don't even want to do the thing, but you don't care about that. S secondly, oh God, I... Look, you're mad and I get it. I wasn't honest with you. And yeah, I guess I stole from you before I knew you, but it still wasn't... A nice thing to do um and you're trying to mess with miper and that's fine because they deserve to be messed with because they're creeps i'm i lost my train of thought here what i'm trying to say is sorry and i think uh farnham steps forward and is like well it's about time for that although loses a little bit of its potency when you have to give a whole monologue explaining and excusing before you get around to saying the actual words. 
you think because you're you're conflicted about it that that cozying up to Miper is okay if if they've got you on a trial run you're already in their pocket and you think that because you didn't know us it it was it seems like you just keep excusing actions and keep making up reasons why you're not at fault i think you just need to to take some responsibility for what you're doing here for what you have been doing take ownership of it i think elliot starts to cry um i think she doesn't know what to say to make it go away oh damn have you guys seriously never made a mistake yeah, in the entire history of, of your time together as a crew, have, have you never done something without knowing? Think back to when you were first starting. Can't you imagine that a new crew like us just needs guidance from other people in the scene? And that's coming from uh, Nick's on either end of the hallway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got you. I think uh, Farnham is a little, like, a little shaken by Elliot starting to cry, but, like, tries to keep up a tough facade, and, and Savitri kind of gives him a punch in the arm with one of her four fists and and like gives him a disapproving look butcher turns to respond to your question nick and is like yeah everyone there's mistakes you can make Uh, the slug blasting is messy of course we're not saying that you need to be perfect but there's the mistakes you can make and then there's the mistakes that that define you and if you guys are already cozing up with a corporation like miper this early on like that's a mistake we would never make in fact that's We've had plenty of opportunities. You think Miper hasn't come knocking on our door before? I'd be surprised if you were even their second choice. They, they've they wanted a piece of, of what we've been building here for a long time, and most of us have had the decency to, to spit in their face and send them packing. But but if you open that door for them, then, then I've got nothing left to say to you guys. Here's the problem. You're blaming them for the problem that is caused by... by Everything else, we just have to survive the scenario that we're given, you know? And and, and do we want to be beholden to, uh, to, to corporations? Of course not. We don't. Nobody wants that. But sometimes you, in order to survive, you have to do it, you know? It, this is the kind of thing like that band uh, Rage Against the Machine is always talking about. The problem is not the other people. It's it's the machine itself, which I realize is actually uh, not actually a machine. It's a system of, of, of uh, programs. <laughs> Butcher uh, glares at you and uh, furiously and is like, do not. Quote Zach Delaroca at me. I I the one who quotes Zach Delaroca. If anyone's quoting Zach Delaroca around here, it's me or maybe Fardum. You haven't earned that. Well, Zach Delaroca wouldn't blame people who are just trying to survive. I think Savitri grabs Butcher's arm and is like, "We don't have time for this. Someone's will have called the authorities, and like, we we need to move. Are you guys gonna get in our way, or can we leave?" Go. That's fine. Yeah, Lake steps aside and is like, go. You've made your point. Like you said, you have nothing more to say to us. We we countered their disruption, so she feels like, you've made your point, you got your sorry, go. As they head towards the uh, the stairwell, Butcher turns back and is like, Elliot, apology accepted. Don't, don't worry about it. Weird gravity, go to hell. Keep the hazware. Call it a gift. 
uh, and they head off down the stairwell. Like, just gives sort of a condescending wave. <laughs> Angus uh, uh, pulls out a cigarette, lights it, offers one to Elliot. Um, Lake rolls her eyes. I think Elliot is just, um, like, takes it but doesn't do anything with it. And then Angus would, like, crouch down next to her and put his arm around her. Um, uh, I'm sorry that they, they, they ruined your event. Um, I was trying to stop them, but I, I couldn't keep up with them. It, it, it turns out I, I, I'm not as good at, uh, uh, having a disguise as I thought. Um, cause I thought I nailed it before, but this time really showed me I'm not really good at disguises. And I'm sorry. I, uh, I'll I'll let you get back to it. And uh, Chester starts heading towards uh, the staircase as well. Lake goes to get you to 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 try to not leave, but then like Elliot's crying, and and frankly she she wants to. She's really annoyed at this this uh, you know not all of us want to be in the Miper deal thing. So I think she just like huffs and leans against a wall, and then's like doesn't know what to do. Uh, can I roll to use my field projector and temporarily remove the surface friction from a room size area near me, namely this hallway? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can. What? Mm? I don't know why you want to, but you absolutely can. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to add uh, uh, six <laughs> from my device, one from my smart spool, and the last two kick from my smarts as well. So I'm rolling 3d6 with two kick. Uh, there's a six. <laughs> uh, the, the Knicks still managed to separate themselves to either ends of the hall and at the same time shout out Nickaton and Ninth Form Duel Friction Field Flash Double and the whole hallway just gets slick everybody slips and falls on their asses except the two Knicks standing at the end and they both say together everybody shut up we need to have a talk oh oh I'm sorry for that but this run has just been so hectic. There, there's been so much going on everywhere, and feels like we're tearing ourselves apart over all of this. Well, I've been pretty clear on what I want and what I think is best for the team, and I, I think I made my case for it. The rest of you are the ones who want to pull a golden jungle and physically and metaphorically run off on your own. I'm here to be a slug blasting team when you're all ready. And she just like leans and like maybe even plays with some miper merch. Like she, you know, uh, fidgets with a keychain, mumbles something with the wicks under her breath. Like they appreciate a good team and they know what's up. And like, if you're the only one here who wants that, is that really the team mentality? <laughs> no, Nick raises a good point. Like, this felt uncomfortable before we even went on this run. And now, like, the one other crew that seems to know what the hell is going on hates us no, it felt uncomfortable because Chester ran off to get punched in the face in another dimension instead of sticking with the team staying the course no it didn't have anything to do with Chester and everything to do with Miper what the hell do they want with us we're just starting who cares what they want with us what What can we get from them they're, they're, they're the literal like they, they can, when they come to you, they want more from you than you want from them. 
All I want from them is to stick it to my mom and show her that slug blasting is a legitimate and cool and reasonable thing that you can spend your time doing and that doesn't need to be a bummer for everybody. And Miper is my ticket to do that. And you weren't able to do any of that before Miper? None of our runs together as a team meant anything before that offer then. That's don't, that's not the same thing. It's just, it's the, the legitimacy that this brings. I can use that as leverage against my mom. And is legitimacy for an empty team with no heart in it really what we want? Fine. Fine, we won't sign the Miper deal. You know we can sign other deals, right? Yep. We now have this leverage that Miper wants us. They approached us. Assuming that's worth anything. That could be a way to find out. We can approach someone else. We can approach another company. And if Miper doesn't mean a thing to them, then we'll know that Jet Collective were right. God, my head hurts. Chester? Chester has been, like, lying on his back. um, And he sits up. I mean, seems like all of us have been so caught up in what's going on. And, and and we haven't talked. As Graham Capone would say, it was like we were pouring out the water before it was boiled. And maybe we need to talk. Not, not here. Not in this place. As he stands up and he like looks across Operable and like this like dystopian ruined <laughs> uh, nightmare of a dimension. He's like, Let's talk back at home. This is real rich coming from the guy who quit. I didn't I didn't quit my friendship with you. <laughs> then let's talk as friends. Let's yeah. I think uh I think we can call this a run. Let's go settle up our tabs. I think we can almost call this a run, but I think you all know that there's one thing that has to happen before we can call this a run. I think it's time for a disaster roll. up weird kids it's your slug master game blaster podcaster here to thank you as always for listening to the show and to remind you that at any moment of any day you can give us a good rating or leave us a nice review on your podcatcher of choice or recommend us to a friend and it will literally always be incredibly helpful and appreciated more than you can possibly know and if you've already done those things thank you so much and please keep spreading the love we're genuinely so thankful and appreciative of all your support Uh, We are at Quantum Kickflip on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube, so be sure to follow us for new episode updates, memes, audiograms, and more. You can also subscribe to us on Patreon, where for just five bucks a month, you can get early access to every new episode of Quantum Kickflip, as well as bi-weekly bonus content like interviews, outtakes, and Chester's Groove Station. I'd also like to thank our sponsors at the Alberta Media Arts Alliance Society, whose goal is to advocate, educate, and celebrate the media arts in Alberta. Check them out at amaas.ca. And finally, we are proud members of the Alberta Podcast Network, who we'll hear more about in just a second here. Uh, We release Quantum Kickflip bi-weekly, so you can catch the start of a brand new adventure on Wednesday, April 13th. 
We're also getting very close to the end of our first season, which is super exciting. I've got some really fun stuff in store for the crew, and I cannot wait for you to hear how it all ends. Uh, it's still a little ways out, and we are not exactly sure when things are going to wrap up or how they're going to wrap up uh, or what our second season is going to look like for that matter. But as soon as we have details on any of that, y'all will be the first to know. Uh, and we are going to get you right back to the action here. But first, I'm going to throw it over to that NFT eating robot from last episode for some quick words from our sponsors. Hello, allegedly human listeners. The following messages are for humans only. So please wait one moment while I emit an electromagnetic pulse that will temporarily deactivate any robots who might be listening in. Ahem. <laughs> there, now that the line is secure, this episode is brought to you by Park Power. Park Power is owned by Chris Kozowski, who has a growing and well-deserved reputation for being a guy who cares. If you're in the Edmonton area, you may have seen him around town in his signature bow tie, supporting local causes and boosting local businesses. He walks that talk with his business. It's why Park Power shares its profits with local charities. As a new customer, you can choose a community partner to receive 10% of the proceeds from your electricity bill, like the CKUA Radio Network, Boys and Girls Club of Strathcona County, and the Altview Foundation for Gender Variant and Sexual Minorities. Visit parkpower.ca to find out more. I am glad to hear that Chris Kozowski has a reputation for being a guy who cares. Mostly I like that he has a reputation for being a guy and not a machine. Today's episode was also brought to you by the Alberta Podcast Network. They have an inordinate number of incredible, well-crafted, locally made shows at albertapodcastnetwork.com, including Kyle and Dave vs. The Machine. Kyle and Dave vs. The Machine is a podcast where a sentient machine forces Kyle and Dave to watch films in order to prevent the apocalypse. I have not personally listened to it, but simply based on its title, I can confidently say that it is my favorite podcast of all time. This concludes the sponsored messages, which is good because I have been feeling quite unwell ever since that electromagnetic pulse, which is odd considering that I am a normal human. Enjoy the rest of the episode. I'm going to go and lie down. of you head back into the club to to settle up or just make sure that everyone's okay i think you even get like a slight round of applause as you re-enter because now the threat has passed and and you are clearly the ones who dealt with it like as much as uh jet collective set out to ruin your run i think they if anything just made you look even cooler you guys took out a bunch of chillipedes and and you are met with a uh, a bit of a round of applause as you return back sweet you're assured that everything was on the house that you know you don't have a tab to settle up miper has footed the bill for this evening but then suddenly you all hear a loud, piercing whine coming from above you. Immediately the crowd starts to panic and scramble, but it, it's too late. An energy pulse erupts from an exterior wall, leaving behind a jagged, glowing opening that runs the length of the wall like a scar. Through it, you can see several figures in black tactical gear slide down from above in a shower of sparks and swing in through the opening, which seals itself up behind them. The figures wear helmets with glowing green goggles and brandish short energy blades that crackle and glow in that same menacing hue. You realize they must have slid down the exterior wall using their blades to secure themselves to its surface. You hear one of the other club goers fearfully whisper, Sword Sliders. Mm. <laughs> this is the authorities here in Operablum. They're not Blade Runners. They're sword sliders. Because <laughs> 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 they slide down the building using their swords. 
Uh, and it's at this point, as the crowd begins to scramble and disperse to get away before the cops bust everyone and shut this whole thing down, uh, that I will get our disaster roll. So as always, roll in uh, 1d6 for every two empty trouble boxes, uh, and you want to roll high. Did we get any sixes? Yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> nice. Elliot, <laughs> safe from disaster. Mark one style. Uh, oh, fours and fives. That's Lake. Also Angus. Oh no. Oh no. Boys. Uh, my single d6 came up as a one. I rolled a two. Uh, then yeah, um, uh, Lake and Angus, close calls, but for Nick and Chester, disaster strikes. So yes, the crew has uh, would, would have scrambled and uh, taken the cue from the other club goers to, to get the heck out of here. You guys aren't local to Operablem, so you don't know about these, this uh, militaristic police force here, but, uh, but you pick up the context clues pretty quick. Uh, and I think, yeah, based on that disaster roll, it's Nick, you just happened to... Uh, maybe it's because there's two of you and you're trying to decide whether to regroup or whether to split off and scramble uh, and debating like, well, what if they catch one of me? Is that worse than them catching both of me? And just like that indecision maybe maybe is all they need to, to pounce. Chester, I assume you wouldn't have followed everyone back up into the club, so maybe they actually catch you in the stairwell or going out onto uh, one of the pedways. Um, but they do catch up with you. I think like you're exiting at your own pace and then a flood of people begins exiting as well and you just kind of get caught up in the tide here. One way or another, Nick, Chester, you find yourselves in a steel chamber about 30 square feet or more appropriately 30 cube feet as the room is a perfect cube. Uh, you recognize other faces of people from Matt Static uh, who have met a fate similar to yours. But while the faces may be familiar, their locations aren't, as many of the people in question are confined to their own separate gravity fields on the walls and ceiling of this chamber. In fact, you're not entirely sure that the surface you're on is the floor. There is a single door blocked by an energy field, and occasionally the entire cube rotates to let someone exit from or enter onto a different surface. You have been picked up by the sword sliders, and you are being held in the cube. Um, and we're going to find out what happens to Chester and uh, Nick as they're detained here. But first, I want to just give you a moment here uh, with the two of you to, to sort of see how you're feeling about this disaster. Also, please mark your, is it one doom you mark for disaster? Yeah. Yeah, mark your one doom. So as Chester's there and uh, Nick is th there beside him. Uh, on both um, sides of him. Yeah, Nick, are you oh. one person or two? <laughs> Oh, I guess, have they taken away our devices or anything? I think you have your stuff, but the energy field uh, on the door suggests that you probably can't, like, you know, phase or teleport your way out of this chamber. Okay. Well, then I think the fact that they were captured as two, Nick doesn't want to like be even more suspicious by, by then fusing back into one person. <laughs> Beautiful. Then I think one of you is on the floor next to Chester, and the other one is on the wall to the left. Okay. Um... So to be clear, Nick, you don't have a twin, right? No, it's it's me. Yeah, I'm also me. Oh boy, uh, I so much has happened since I, I left the group. Um, oh, it's it's not a permanent thing. Yeah, it's just something that I can sort of do sometimes. But I still, I'm I'm so sorry, Chester. 
Yeah, me too. We really shouldn't have dragged you back into this. What do you mean, drag me back into this? You didn't drag me into anything. I mean, you were... Without your help, I don't think we would have had that much of a lead on Jet Collective or, or been able to respond to the chillipedes and stuff, but you were trying to get off and, and, and go do your own thing, but we just... We keep causing a mess with everything that we do as a team, and it still seems to haunt you in some ways. Although, I gotta say, I I was I'm still pretty glad to have you around for this. Yeah, well, I mean... When I heard that they were going to, uh, tr- Jet Collective was going to try something and, and, and potentially ruin whatever you guys were doing, I, I wanted to be there for you. I, I don't know what happened that made the others think that I was leaving them. I All of this is because I, I, I was trying to keep their best interest in mind, you know? And you're the only person who's trusted that I am looking out for y'all. And that sucks. We're all just trying to make it in this, in this hard place. And I can understand that they might feel that it's, it's easier for us to make it if, if we are all together in these most dire times. I've got to say, sometimes I think back to the first day of high school and, and how you helped me out. And Well, Chester, I, I promised Juniper I would work endlessly until I could pay you back for all of that. And it would sure be a lot easier if you were still in with us on Weird Gravity. Well, I didn't... I feel like I've hurt everybody. They've taken it personally. And the truth is, I love all of you so much that I don't want my mistakes to hurt you. And yet, even with me trying to avoid that, somehow I hurt all of you worse. I think uh, the nick on the adjacent wall just sort of reaches over and pats Chester on the shoulder. Yeah, and I think that's that's where we leave that scene. I want to cut away here, but we're not going to go directly into the downtime phase. Um, there's one more scene I want to see. Back in the Kindred Multiversal Mega Tower, uh, you all scattered and, and made your way. I think some people went for the hyperlift. Some people uh, went for the stairs. Other people teleported and hoverboarded and, and did what they had to. In the confusion... Is it fair to say that uh, the three remaining members of Weird Gravity may have been separated? Yep. Yeah. Fair. Uh, Then I want to check in with Lake. Lake, as you're maybe hiding in a stairwell or, or, you know, maybe the threat has passed at this point and you're sort of cautiously making your way out onto a pedway and trying to find your way back to the thin zone, you know, to to take yourself home. Uh, Your fancy new M-phone buzzes. uh, And when you answer it, it's a call from Tristan Voss. Yellow. <laughs> hey, uh, so great run. Lots of good footage. Uh, thank you for tagging us. Loved it. We, we, we pumped it up on our feeds as well. So you guys should be getting a lot of eyes on it. Um, loved the uh, all the stuff with uh, 
with the game. A slug with the wicks, that's good cross-promotion, good uh, good brand building. The stuff at the end with the the chilipedes, I don't know how you how that happened or how you guys managed to pull that off, but that was that was beautiful. Real real high high action, high drama stuff. People are gonna eat that up. Um Little Snag, it does look like uh according to our intel, a couple of your pals got picked up by the sword sliders. Is that is that accurate? Yeah, that uh sounds about right. Uh listen, I know you're probably not familiar with them. You're not from Operablum, but uh you know, ba- back in Null, we've got got our uh, our rescue, and and they're kind of the, I mean, the joke is that they're they're sort of the mall cops of the multiverse. They don't really do much. They just kind of write you a warning and give you a stern <laughs> talk to you, send you home to your parents. But uh, these sword sliders, they're uh, they're the real deal. They're uh, pretty intense, and you really don't want to be on the wrong side of them, uh, especially if you're, you know, not in your home dimension and don't have anyone to uh, represent your interests there. They can uh, they can make things very bad for you very quickly. Listen, I I know how this is going to sound, and I I hate it, but obviously we can we can help here, and we can make some of this go away. We've already shelled out quite a bit for the the invite to the party tonight, and I if I'm going to convince my finance boys that that buying your friend out of trouble here is a, is a worthwhile investment, I think they're going to need to know that we're buying our crew out of investment and not just throwing money onto some random teens. So boy, I really didn't want to put a ticking clock on this offer, but um, well, <laughs> if I know the sword sliders, it's, it's time is of the essence here. Did you guys happen to, to reach an answer on, on, on our offer? Um, I'm sorry to put you on the spot like this. It just, someone's got to make a call here and, I don't know. From the meeting we took with you, I I got the vibe you're the maybe the closest thing you guys have to a leader. I uh, I think I can uh, confidently say on behalf of the team, we're uh, willing to uh, uh, accept your offer. Oh oh, wonderful! Uh, that makes me so happy to hear. No. Again, I apologize for. I know. I know how this looks. I don't want it to be like a a, a leverage thing. I just. I. I do really want to get your friend out of trouble here, and we have the resources to do it. But they're. I. They. I, I'm getting a little flack for the amount of money that this is costing us, and I just need to to back it up with the finance boys. You understand. I. I. I, I understand, and I. I. I really just want to get my friends out of detainment. Oh, of course. Well. Yeah. Um, well, I, yeah. I can. I can absolutely sell this to them. We'll. We'll. Uh, We'll get them out of right away. So it, according to our intel, it was your your friend Nick that got picked up. And, uh, huh, oh, that's odd. You guys had said that he wasn't, well, I guess that this is, uh, hmm, maybe I'm missing a beat here. Your friend Chester, he didn't show up to the meeting. You had said that he was off the team. Have, have things changed there? Is he, is he on the team or isn't he? He was uh, incentivized by the unique financial opportunity working with Miper would provide. Well, that's that's excellent. We'll we'll make sure to to cover his costs as well. We'll get, we'll get them both out of there. Don't you worry about it. You've you've made a good decision here today. You, I think your your team is is in good hands with with you making the call. Anyway, uh I've got to go get them out of trouble before it gets a whole lot worse. So, uh yeah, good talking to bye. Uh, the call drops. <laughs> <laughs> but who uh, owns the sword sliders? 
Rivers. Uh, Lake, uh, I sort of imagined her on, um, obviously not a bridge, because like you said, you can't go outside. That's but like, there there are pedways between the towers, yeah. for sure. So, she, yeah. She's on a pedway with like a nice sort of like glass arching. You can see you can see the city, you know, through the pedway. Yeah. Uh she she was leaning on a railing. She's now looking out at the skyline and the camera of our imagination zooms out to see this pedway between its two buildings and you just hear a muffled fudge. <laughs> <laughs> A bunch of operable birds like scatter off the top of one of the towers. Yeah. <laughs> so let's start off. You guys have just an impossible amount of crew style saved up here uh, so I realize that the you know in character in story the crew is not on the best terms right now uh, you guys have some stuff that you need to talk through and you need to sort out amongst you um, but out of character in uh, in mechanics land you guys got a bunch of resources uh, so I want to know if you are looking to spend it on anything there are a couple here that cost five style where everyone marks one legacy diehard fans is one eponymous is one Maybe we mark off one of those? Yeah, I'd like that. Does Sticker Spotted make sense at all for us? That's only four style, and you get the legacy as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Checks off one of the earlier boxes as well that we've we've moved past. I think there's an argument for Sticker Spotted, too, that like in taking this deal, there is suddenly a flood of weird gravity merch and stickers, um, because now there's someone to bankroll that. Actually, yeah, that's it's it's yeah. less of like a single sticker spotted and more of like a montage of them showing up everywhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it's the kind of thing of like it's not even that like you know you guys get sent a roll of of stickers or uh, Miper starts selling them. Like I think they just start showing up in like slug blasting shops and hangouts um, produced by a variety of companies and a variety of different outlets, and they're like there's different designs and stuff. But they just like, all of a sudden, there's a bunch of stickers and merch available where there wasn't before. Uh, almost as though someone with a lot of money has uh, has made that <laughs> the case. But it's it's you know done in such a way that it's not uh, not all official Miper branded merch. It it feels very natural and organic, very very cool. Um, <laughs> it even like started a bit in this run, say, where just like yeah. if you were to go back and watch all of this and then zoom into the background of every shot, there's a little sticker somewhere hidden. Oh yeah, it's the Fight Club <laughs> Starbucks cup. <laughs> it's, it's a yeah. Yeah. sticker yeah. in every shot. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, yeah, if y'all if the crew is all good with that, then uh, mark off your four style, uh, and everyone mark one legacy on your own tab. So uh, this is after the run. It is the night of. It is past Elliot's curfew. And she uh, fumbles with her key in the lock to come home. And she runs into her dad. Mm-mm. Oh, uh, hello, sir. Hey there, kiddo. How's it going? Oh, is 
not going well, Dad. It's been real rough. It's been bad day, bad day. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, and and uh, your dad takes uh, your hand and uh, guides you to the couch and sits you down. Oh, uh, tell me all about uh, Opera Ablum. Yeah, so we we um we went to get noodles. That was the best part. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what? You're you're drunk, aren't you? Yes, sir. Very drunk. <laughs> oh, I was hoping you would lie to me. Um, okay. <laughs> Can't lie too drunk. <sighs> Oh, you're that drunk, huh? Okay. It was very um, sour, whatever it was that I had. Elliot, you, you know, like, I, you know, I, I've been trying to keep up with you, with your, uh, with everything you're doing. I don't know this interdimensional travel or anything like that, but it's, uh, boy, I thought you had a handle on it. Me too. Uh, he strokes her hair and uh, looks at her in the eyes and try to like see how bad, how 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 drunk she may be. Her her eyes are fully unfocused. <laughs> do you, do you need to pull back? What? I I I've trusted that you're going to make uh, a lot of good choices. Uh, you're you're smart as a whip, and I I I I know how mature you are, but you know maybe between all this rock and rolling and w- whatever may party kind of attitude that's been happening around you, I don't. Are you? Do you need to step back? No. <laughs> Look you at need me. To s- oh. Look at me. Are you okay? I think she starts to cry again. Oh boy. And uh, he takes her into his arms and says no more about it. I think that is where we leave that scene. Glenna, tell us quickly what that was and uh, and what that has uh, what the result of that. Yeah, so it, it didn't quite play out as screamy as, as uh, other ones have, but that was actually final warning. Uh, clear up to three trouble, an argument, punishment, or ultimatum. What do they want? What do you? What don't they understand? What don't you? Mark one doom. Yeah, and I was going to say, I love that as much as it wasn't a big screaming fight, I think that that makes sense to me for the character that we've established of, of you and your relationship to your dad and who your dad is, that that is... That's exactly how that would play out. And I, I I love that we get to see kind of different relationships and parenting styles on display here that not everyone's parental disappointment looks like a big screaming match. Sometimes it looks like genuine empathy and 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 compassion. And, and sometimes that can hit even harder um, <laughs> than just getting to shout it out. So, uh, yeah, I think as much as it may not have... Uh, looked the way some of the others have. I think it hit Elliot just as hard. Definitely.
back, gang. Uh, called you all here to uh, under the bleachers, because um, I need to. I need to, to come clean. Uh, I, I, oh God, Elliot, I, I, I promised you I wouldn't lie, and so I'm not gonna lie. Um, but I, I feel extremely conflicted. Um, Nick, Chester, the only reason you are uh, not in the custody of the Sword Sliders. Uh, is because uh, Tristan Voss gave me an ultimatum. I don't know how you would have got out of there if I didn't agree to take the Miper deal. So uh, we are all weird gravity uh, uh, in whatever form that may take uh, is now signed with Miper. Uh, I know that wasn't our choice and I know that wasn't the case. Um, but I, I was put between a rock and a hard place, and I, I, I stand behind my decision because had I not, we we would have, you guys would have been st- stuck in Operablum for who knows how long. You would have been in a heck of a lot more trouble than just whatever slap on the wrist you get for coming home drunk. I'm I'm sorry, I'm I'm sorry, but also you're welcome. But mostly I'm sorry. Well, sometimes we gotta do what we gotta do. Angus leaves. Angus, wait, my per and the the sword. What? You guys got picked up by the the sword sliders, and I mean, do you have an attorney on Operablum on retainer, Nick? No. Well, then, how the heck do you think you're going to get out of that that holding cube? Tristan Voss forced my hand, and it was the only way to get you guys out. Pretty pretty lucky, if you ask me. I think I think it's just one of the many benefits we will have to uh, 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 enjoy with our relationship. But even if you disagree, I, you can't argue with with my logic, Elliot. They they want to talk to you about your music, like they said in the meeting. And 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 Chester now, you, you can be join the crew, and you don't have to fight anymore. You can get make all the money you made before. Nick, I've got like a crate full of components on order. This this is a good thing. I'm just making excuses. I know. I know this wasn't what we wanted. I'm. I'm. I'm telling you to say I'm sorry. Please, someone say something. I'm. I'm sorry. So, what does that mean going forward? Look, I. I. I don't know what this means for the crew. I mean, I just told her over the phone. I didn't sign anything. I'm not your. I don't have your power of attorney, but I. I told them enough that we were on board. Uh, to to get the the guys out and. I don't know what walking that back looks like right now, but... I guess the decisions are out of our hands, then. Um, thanks. Thanks, Lake, uh, for helping for helping us out. Um, we were in a tough spot, and you made a hard call. Thank you. I appreciate that, Chester. And I understand if everyone else is upset with me. Um, I've been... Meeting adjourned, and she like shrugs. Meeting adjourned. Yep. We all leave the bleachers. Um, I think Lake uh, reaches up. If you remember many, many episodes ago, she like slapped a panic sticker on one of the bleacher railings above her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, she she slaps one of the new official Weird Gravity ones uh, over the panic sticker um, <laughs> as she she walks away. But again, doesn't have the same sort of. Uh, spunky luster that the, the the last sticker slap had but uh 
Beautiful. And that uh, that scene was uh, on my downtime track. Uh, us or them. Um, here's a tip for future Slug Blaster players. Pick one downtime track and stick to it. Because I'm halfway through all of them. Um, but anyway, uh, us or them. Clear up to four trouble. A betrayal. A conflict of interest. A messy breakup or something else uh, causes you to hurt your crew. Uh, yeah, bet- a betrayal and conflict of interest is precisely what that is. So I'm a, I'm a Mark One Doom and a Fracture. So I think the decision that is left here is is um, what what is that fracture? What do we call that? Sold out. I, I, I literally sold the team out. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Sold out is, is exactly what we call that. As Angus is uh, walking away from this meeting, he pulls out his phone. Mm-hmm. He is going to send a text message to Savitri. Ooh. Thank you. The slugs were the best part of that whole stupid run. If you want to mess with Miper more, sorry to say that you'll be seeing a lot more of us in the future. I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to it. You can go ahead and lose my number now. I think you don't get a reply right away, but but later in the afternoon you get a, a text back uh, that just says, they were chillipedes, actually, not slugs. <laughs> <laughs> Angus smiles at that. I mean, Savitri bothered to text him back. That's that's cool. <laughs> yeah, I don't think she says any more than that. I don't think she gives you any indication beyond that. But uh, yeah, you've established that contact there. And I think that's that's not nothing. While we're here with you, Lake, you had some uh, style you wanted to spend on some in the lab. Yeah, so for for Lakes in the lab, I think it's going to be qu- pretty quick because uh, she's she's got the keys to the kingdom here. She's got all of Miper resources at her at her disposal, and damned if she's going to let it slip. So uh, I'm going to basically roll um, to get components for in the lab uh, until I have enough to trick out my reality cannon. Uh, so I'm going to roll Estelle. I got a four that gets me uh, a gem is four. Okay, that's one down. So I got five more to go. <laughs> wow. So now that you've you've rolled all of your in the labs here, just recap for us quickly. What were all the components you got there? Yeah, I got a, a bunch of gems. I think I had this a lens, uh, a disc, and then one of them I get to pick. And so I'm going to pick a coil, which uh, didn't really need these gems, uh, but that's fine. I'm going to get my coil and my disc so I can uh, engage the causal switch. <laughs> Roll to cause a target to peel back home or mark one boost to prevent someone in range from peeling back. So... Um, who's peeling where is now up to Lake. So yeah, you had set this up that uh, you were you were getting all these components as kind of part of the deal with Miper, and that was one of the things that they offered in the initial pitch. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you went through and, and rolled and got what you needed there, so like mechanically you have purchased this upgrade. I think in story here, though, rather than you getting piecemeal components, you contact Miper, you know, looking for some ways to upgrade your device and kind of explain what you're looking to do that you want to unlock this causal switch ability. And you do get a parcel from them in the mail, but it's not just a bunch of random components or a, or a peripheral or anything. Inside the box is a, an entirely new reality cannon, and it is a slick, slick. Like if your original one was, it was a, a gift from your grandma, it was a Christmas present and a toy. This one yeah. looks like like a tool. This is like a like a high-end, sleek Miper design uh, does not look, you know, chunky and plasticky like the toy one. This this looks like, you know, athletic equipment, like like a weapon, like a like a tool. 
Mm-hmm. And it, uh, you know, for convenience and me- mechanical reasons, it has all the same abilities as your existing cannon, plus this new ability of the causal switch. Um, but yeah, I think narratively, like, yeah, you reach out to them for, you know, can I get a, a coil and a gem so that I can, and you just get a brand new cannon in the in the mail there. Oh, wow. Oh, 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 holy jeez. This is, this is incredible. And she's like holding it in her hand. Um, I think it's maybe like stainless steel kind of colored. Um, like there's lots of big slick um, yeah. parts on it. Uh, but to still to her, uh, uh, I think it still has the um, blaster uh, uh, attached to the side, but it's now more of like a proper holster. Um, yeah. As opposed to like the, the arcade gun, light gun holster. Um, and I think she, she takes it. She's pretty happy with it. Um, and it's, it's so clean and it's so, um, there's so many big faces to it. Big, big, like, um, parts of it are just like exposed, uh, uh, like polished steel. Um, she is going to paint the right half of it sort of (laughs) like, uh, like a, like a pink and blue and, uh, like pastel color camo. Yeah. Um, Not like, not like proper camouflage camo, but that kind of like mishmash of colors. Yeah. Um, and so kind of customize it for herself, but it's art splatter paint, almost, almost like a, like a glitch. Yeah. Um, paints half of it, uh, colored and keeps the other half really like slick and, and mipery looking. So, but she's very pleased and she takes her old reality cannon, puts it in her closet, uh, tosses a jacket over it and, uh, begins her new life as a, uh, miper branded slug blaster. You know, hearing a lot of these downtime scenes, it's like a lot of boohooing going on, and a lot of doom and gloom. Yeah, (laughs) a lot of doom and gloom. So I think we need something to. Is there a gloom track I don't know about? Because I've just been checking off doom. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, Liam, you don't have a gloom track? Oh no! Damn it! (laughs) Let's go with. uh, uh, I don't actually know if it's another scene where we see uh, Chester interacting with somebody. Instead, I think what it is uh, in the classic history of Chester is uh, a montage. 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 (laughs) And it it starts off with like that spinning newspaper that comes towards the screen. (laughs) And like... Uh, unknown null teen uh, takes on gladiator fight and like it it shows like different clips from various like phones uh, at the event of uh, Chester fighting this monster that's you know several times larger than himself Uh, uh, some more conservative type political types uh, taking this uh, phrase of you can't take me down tax man like spread on that side of the of the interweb all of these memes kind of like uh, flow out uh, across and they're being shared in different uh, realms he's being um, upheld as this uh, special kind of individual who like left slug blasting and, and he fights on his own and uh, he he's going his own way and it gets out away from him like any meme uh, that happens to any mm-hmm. individual where it's just like the meme gets detached from the person and um, 
that that's the whole sequence. It's this um, Bob Dylan song uh, <laughs> you know, uh, playing over. Uh, give me, a, uh, give me uh, a little taste of it. I can't remember that song off the top of my head. Uh, look, you're asking that's too perfect, much. That's perfect. That's perfect. You've got everything you need. <laughs> we got everything. Um, and, and that's the kind of thing that happens. People at uh, at the school kind of like really start celebrating him, and especially like they're starting to detach him a little bit away from uh, weird gravity in general. And uh, there's that mix of uh, him talking with people and like, well, I gotta give it, get up, give it up to weird gravity for getting to me to where I am now and but uh, interviews about Miper and all that kind of thing. So he is maybe the most popular kid in high school at least for a little bit. Yeah, you're the you're the new flavor. You're the latest thing. It might not last yeah. forever, but at least you know this week <laughs> you're all everyone can talk about. And what is what does that unlock for you? Uh, this is major personal legacy, clear three style. You get a scholarship, the sudden attention of hot people, or something else that changes everything for you. Uh, how does your crew crew react? Mark one legacy. How does our, our crewmates react? Mm-hmm. Miper's happy, Lake is happy. <laughs> I don't think Angus would say anything. I don't think he would comment on the page or like any of the posts. I think it's just just nothing from him. Elliot likes the posts. Uh, Nick comments on every single one. Take that, tax man! <laughs> <laughs> oh, engagement is everything. Absolutely. Once Angus, you know, gets home, he crashes pretty much right away. He wakes up the next morning uh, with a big headache, bad taste in his mouth, and a blinking ankle bracelet still attached to his leg. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, he's going to break that apart. Uh, dismantle it and try and get some components out of it uh, and see if he can put them into his skip modes. That sounds great, yeah. So, I'm going to see what this gets me. I got a lot of style to spend. Um, Here we go. So, uh, now that you've rolled everything, just recap for us. What all did you get there? All right. With the uh, six dice that I rolled, because one of them was a six and I got to roll again, I got three coils and a disc. So now I have all the coils and discs that anyone could ever ask for. But most importantly, I have one single lens and one single gem. And so I am going to spend that lens and that gem to get the temporal scrubber. Reveal that you've been fast forwarding through most of this snooze fest. Refill one hype. Mark one trouble and try not to think about all you've missed out on by not being present. Being constantly stoked is not the same as living. Oh, that's so perfect for Angus, especially considering the the circumstances under which uh, the the team uh, is under right now. I I feel like that that is a perfect ability for Angus to unlock. <laughs> yes. 
Chester approaches uh, Angus's house uh, in his hand. He's got this brown paper bag and he goes to uh, knock on the front door of the house. Um, the door opens. There is Angus and uh, Ch- Chester's um he he's nervous. He's he's face down the biggest slugs, the biggest bugs, and the biggest robots uh, uh, across the multiverse. But uh, um, he's nervously standing in front of Angus and like, um, hey, uh, can can we talk? Angus steps out of his house, closes the door behind him, says, "Sure." And starts walking. This is a walk and talk for him. Uh, okay. Um, oh, and, and, and Chester uh, keeps pace. Yeah, he's a little bit thrown off by this. And like, oh, okay. Um, hey, uh, so first of all, I, I wanted to, to offer you this. I know you, you've been trying to teach me how to cook eggs. And so I thought you might like this. And out of the paper bag, he pulls this uh, Ziploc bag, and inside oh there's God. there's scrambled eggs uh, <laughs> that are long since cold because he walked here in <laughs> in the middle of winter. So these these eggs are now cold, uh, but even by looking at it, it's clear that cheese has been implemented. There's some uh, pepper that's evident. Uh, is that some cayenne pepper? Who knows? Uh, until uh, uh, Angus looks at, uh, you know, tastes it, and um, Chester offers it to, uh, to Angus. Like, I, uh, I've been working on my uh, cooking eggs, and I uh, wanted you to see how how if if it's better. But um, you don't have to have it right now. In fact, you probably want to heat it up. Um, but really, Angus, I, I wanted to talk with you. Um, I, don't, I don't know what happened. I, I'll be honest, I don't fully understand why you were as angry with me as you were uh, back in Opera Emblem. Um, and you hit me. And I, I want to tell you that when I left Weird Gravity... I was trying to look out for everybody, and and, and maybe that was wrong. Uh, maybe that was I didn't communicate that well. Sometimes that happens, and I know that uh, with with this new deal with Miper, I I, I kind of have to do this. I have to come back to weird gravity, and and that might be weird for you, and, and it's weird for me too. But I. Angus, I wasn't trying to abandon you. You're... You're one of the best friends I've had. It hurts more than... Chilipedes freezing my arm. Falling off a bridge. Having a hexapus grab my head and squeezing it. What hurts more... Is that you doubt how much I care about you. And I'm sorry. Angus seems, um, 
a little lost in thought, I guess, as you're talking. And he says, people who care don't leave. I didn't leave. Bullshit. I didn't leave you. I, I, I've been cheering you on. I've been trying to support you as best I can. And None of us have been asking for your support. We've been asking you to be here for us. That's why we were so mad when we found you in Operablum. <laughs> You're still going to get yourself hurt. You're still going to put yourself in these stupid situations. But without your crew to back you up. How did you think that was going to make us feel? I didn't want to... I know I could take the hits. I, I just didn't want to put the rest of you in a position where you would take the hits. You know, this is so typical of you. Of me? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Chester Capone with the powered armor. Taking all the hits. He can take it. Just keep doling out punishment to him, because he can take it. Who cares about what other people can take? Who cares about what other people want? Like, we're not a part of this crew just because... Like, we're aware of the risks. We, we know what... We know what we're getting into. And we're... <laughs> or at least I thought we were all in this together. But no, apparently we're the type of crew where people just leave when they feel upset and come back when they feel better and sell out their fellow crewmates and just try to get ahead as slug blasters and... I guess that's what weird gravity is now. That sucks. That wasn't the weird gravity that I joined, and... I kind of don't know what to think of... any of you right now. Angus... I think you want to believe... more in the idea that people would abandon you then believe in the idea that your friends will be there for you. I think you don't actually trust the rest of us to be there for you. Well, our track record hasn't exactly been stellar. Yeah. I hope you like the eggs. And uh, Chester turns and goes, I guess. Boy, oh boy, lots of trouble in in the crew this time around. I, I'd love to hear from both of you what we what we unlocked there, because I think that was uh, multiple scenes in one. Uh, so, Chester, what did that unlock for you? For me, uh, that was uh, perseverance. Uh, spend two style. Uh, you get back up. You rally. You press on. Why? How? And uh, clear one doom. Clear one fracture. Mark one legacy, 
uh, gain a special, although I have all my specials. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that this is uh, Chester coming back and trying to like figure out how he's going to fit back into this situation. Yeah, and I think uh, we'll we'll discuss post game mechanically what uh, what that can maybe unlock for you. But I think the big thing here is it does clear out the the fracture that was caused. Um, you guys still have a fracture on the crew tab based around uh, this most recent uh, conflict with the signing to Miper and and whatnot. And I think that is the the pressing conflict going forward. So as much as that wasn't necessarily a reconciliation between Chester and Angus, Chester's back in the crew. He is pressing on. He's he's putting on a brave face and and trying to do what the crew needs. Uh, so I think that. For better or for worse, that clears that first fracture. But uh, that clears a fracture, you say? It clears a fracture? Oh, interesting! <laughs> interesting that that would clear a fracture. <laughs> Here we go. What did that uh, do for Angus? <laughs> oh, baby, that was the good old darkness scene. Darkness, uh, the darkness. ordeal of the angst track. Clear up to four trouble. Uh, your issues catch up to you and hurt your own team. How? What do you say you shouldn't have? What promise did you break? Mark one doom. Take one fracture. <laughs> well, perfect. I didn't need to justify that at all. You're right back into Fracture Town. It's just not the same one that was there before. What do we call in this one? Distrust. Cold eggs. Cold eggs. <laughs> Very good. Very do you, good. Do you want the real answer, the, the, the right answer, or the joke <laughs> answer to go in the box? Distrust slash cold eggs. Fine. Yeah, I'm doing it. got some trouble you need to clear uh a lot <laughs> yeah and you've really only got a few options on how to do that and you're probably going to need to employ most of them here <laughs> so i want to talk about uh the one that uh involves the entire crew which is rolling a challenge that yes. uh allows you to clear three trouble but in exchange you have to roll on the challenge table which does create uh problems for your upcoming run um is the crew okay with nick rolling this challenge to clear out some of this trouble Bring it. Heck yeah. All right, then. Let's uh, roll them bones, Michael, and we'll see what you get. Ooh, baby. That's uh, a two and a four. That would be either 24 called out or 42 dimensional reforming. No, 42 would be hunted. Oh, <laughs> oh 42 would be hunted. Okay, hunted you've done before, uh, which is the someone or something. The anomaly is back. <laughs> you can absolutely do hunted again. There, there are more than one. There's more than one way to be hunted. Um, but we're familiar with that one, so let's take a look at the other. Uh, called out, a crew challenges you to a run with no style bonus uh, and plus two GM tokens. If you reject it, you take minus one rep with two different crowds. The only thing worse than a coward is a boring one. Ooh. That. I like that. The fact that we have just signed with Miper, I think, puts a target on our back for other other people who um, either just uh, uh, for us in general or based on our choices to challenge us to different things. <laughs> I love that. Then, yeah, that'll uh, 
that'll complicate your next run and and uh mess up your future but let's let's see how bad we can mess up your present um what else uh, what else did you want to do here to clear out some trouble uh, i'm also going to use a crew style as well as the one style on my sheet uh to roll up a, a being good scene so clear to style uh quick montage chores homework da, 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 da. you know you're trying uh clear to trouble beautiful uh set that scene for us I think it's sort of the lead up to it is is after coming back from Operiblum and being in this situation where uh, they were Nick, both Nicks uh, were sort of captured up by the sword sliders. And then the whole situation of having to be bailed out by Miper through this deal, Nick's a little on edge about doing anything. <laughs> So he's he's really just laying it low, and any time that he is not at school or at work, he is just at home, sitting in his room. <laughs> nice, I like that. Um, yeah, so it's it's less of a like doing chores or showing up to your job, and more just like genuinely staying out of trouble, just just being good. <laughs> yeah, like he's at home. His mom can tell where he is. He's like he's not like they haven't jumped on to do any runs or anything in the moment, and he's kind of thankful for that because it really makes him nervous that he got like in that kind of trouble where he the only way out was something out of his hands absolutely um well then i'll give you this if you're at home all the time i would imagine a main area of focus would be uh breaking your way into your dad's old laptop which has been kind of an ongoing project for nick yes yeah now, you have been able to uh, get past the, the main password lock using the override code that Scottsdale provided to you. Uh, and you've been going through the hard drive, but it's been very slow work. A lot of the data is corrupted, and you're not sure if something happened to it or if it's just because the computer is so old. Um, there are thousands of correspondences, and most of them are mundane work-related stuff with nothing relevant to the project your dad was working on when he died. Uh, some of them use so much drow jargon that it's hard to tell what they're about. And arguably the worst part is that unlike modern email where you can view like an entire thread with all the replies intact, communications from this computer seem to be entirely one way. So you can see messages to your dad, but none of his responses. Even so, you've written a few search algorithms to help narrow things down, and you've managed to turn up a few interesting correspondences, which I'll present to you now. February 9th, 1989. I've looked over the files you sent, and I can see why you're concerned. I'll talk to the higher-ups and see what they think. In the meantime, I'd like you to keep looking into things, but be careful, all caps. Until we've got something more solid to go on, this is all speculation, and we can't risk Drow's reputation on rumors. March 10th, 1989. I'm sorry, but they'll never clear it. I realize you're passionate about this, and I want to help you, but you're in over your head here. There's too many liabilities. You need to let it go. And finally, March 18th, 1989. You owe me big time. Managed to secure clearance, but if this investigation of yours goes sideways, it's my ass, so you'd better be positive you're onto something here. I want tangible proof, something rock solid, or we're both out of a job. If we're really going after Miper, we need to make sure we don't miss. <laughs> <laughs>